the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the New Gen Admission Podcast and North South Connection. I'm Tim Slanka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on a journey to relive the new generation era to find the best instead of the worst of the time of a wrestling time period often forgotten. From Brennan Shawn at Survivor Series 92 to Brennan Shawn at Survivor Series 97, look beyond the pay-per-views, examine the weekly TVs and see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Vacation coming up. I, I know you got one coming up as well, so... Yep, I texted you as a couple months late because my house was a war zone, which is trying to get <laughs> trying to get myself packed and the kids packed for like two days away. It takes forever, so right. Uh, but part of the summer is nice uh, to enjoy. Enjoy it. Just a little golf outing with my friends. A lot of wrestling fans, so I pretty much my suitcase is golf outfits and then wrestling t-shirts. So oh, awesome! So yeah, I got tomorrow. My buddy last year when I showed up in his car, he threw me a. Money Inc. t-shirt, a million dollar Rand IRS shirt, and then I have a second IRS shirt, so I believe I'm the only person in the world that owns two IRS shirts. Yeah, that's a, that's a definite fact. <laughs> Maybe Aaron George might be the only other person. Right. <laughs> that's about it. So, um, you got some fun plan for your vacation? Yeah, we're just going to Orlando, like, we're, you know, just to get, get away for a little bit. It's about an hour and a half away, but it's a totally different world from Tampa, so we, uh, just going to go out there for a few nights and stay in a hotel or something just to kind of get hey, my daughter, get my daughter to go somewhere while she's on summer. And I think, and JT's going to be in Orlando too. So we might run into him. I think there he's go. there right now. So, you know, just something, something to get away, you know? Very nice. All right. So ready to go on to, uh, we got a couple of things here. We got the last stuff before SummerSlam. So I got two, uh, superstars and in between we'll do the SummerSlam spectacular, uh, which was, kind of, I think, maybe re-shown on USA. We're, we're confused if it was, but it was mm-hmm. definitely a Sunday night special. So um, two two okay superstars, but I thought a really good summer split spectacular. So I'll go through that. So we'll go uh, start with the 821 uh, superstars. This was back from the War Memorial. This is a rough taping for the people that showed up there. I hope they got refunds for this thing because it's jobber <laughs> match after jobber yeah. match after yeah. jobber match, uh, especially the last two and even this one. So we start with um, – Starts with the King and Elvis. Uh, you know, I, I kind of mocked that like Vince is out of touch with 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 the era, but of course, I just I just note that of course in 2022 there's a new Elvis movie out. So Elvis, right. I guess, lives forever. But uh, he, he's just there's a lot of Elvis connections here today. So I'm not sure if they maybe think of bringing the Honky Tonk Man in or just why. But they some they had some King had some connection with Elvis for this for this superstars. Uh, so they 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 show that footage and then we get uh, a. We start the superstars with King showing up a little bit later in the the announce booth, and they announced all the matches again, just talking about the people being there. And then we start off with Marty Jannetty. I thought he had a huge, huge pop coming out. I think he's been just so over and definitely surprised in '93. Like I thought he wouldn't be around much, but he's been a, a high surprise for me. Uh, they they have a they have a cut in with Ludwig Borga. I, I wrote that I love his voice. He also calls. Uh, Marty, a Smurf-sized man. I rewind that twice just to make sure I got it right. So uh, I thought a really fun match, and this is like classic superstars. You got the pay-per-view coming up, and you kind of build up a match that you know they haven't they haven't met each other yet. Like there's been no feud, but they kind of are. You can tell they're like fighting for a reason. Uh, so right. like that. so good good start. 
and then we go out to uh, the SummerSlam reports, and we really start building up the heat here between Heavenly Bodies and Steiners, uh, really on a face-to-face kind of talking to each other and trying to build up heat for that. Again, that's a match where kind of random showing, and I don't think they've been been together yet, so uh, there's been a lot more heat on Steiners Money, Inc., but they're trying to put something in here. Uh, for that tag match. I don't know if you have any comments on the kind of start of the first 10 minutes. Of first yeah, I, the only thing is like, um, you know, Marty Jannetty faces Barry Horowitz in the first match. And yes. Like, I was going through, it's it's like a little inside baseball, but I was going through like my DMs and stuff. And, you know, when we first started this podcast, like I reached out to like guys from the era just to kind of like gauge if they would ever want to do an episode of this. And yeah. Barry, Barry Horowitz was one of the ones that responded. Nice. Yeah, and this jackass wanted to charge like five hundred bucks to do an episode (laughs) of a podcast, and I was like, "Bro, like, do you not understand that you're Barry Horowitz?" Like, and we are free. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "There's no way in hell you're getting paid five hundred bucks." And then he like got an attitude about it and said, "Oh, other people have paid." And then I went to go look up like if he was actually on a podcast. I can never find him on a podcast. I was like, "Man, screw you, man." But yeah, it, it was just weird. I like I happened to go find it when I was watching this match, and I'm just like, oh god, this asshole. He, he yeah. lives he lives close to me too. Like I've seen him in a Target before around here. I don't know like exactly where he lives somewhere. I know I know like a lot of wrestlers live in Tampa and stuff. I've seen random yeah, Tampa people, Orlando but, area. Tip, yeah, yeah, I mean with the the F. Uh, no, we screwed NXT. up. NXT. NXT and the, whatever it used to be called, and yeah, you know, that used to be. Um, big uh you know area for trainers too like everyone moved there to to do training and stuff so right so i mean if barry horowitz does listen to this go fuck yourself you're not uh you're not you're not getting 500 bucks yeah. to come on a free show but uh fun match you had a fun match buddy so I'll, I'll give yeah you that. But, and I'm, uh, gonna, I'm definitely gonna praise him a lot in 95 because i right. love oh so love do I. Yeah, yeah don't get me wrong exactly and that, but and today's and jackass i agree <laughs> exactly like, yeah like, come on buddy we're not you know it's, it's not a charity case here. Um, but And then the face-to-face stuff, too, with like, the signings and the heavenly bodies was kind of cool. Like, the only thing is, like, with Pritchard, like, keeps messing with his hair. It's so annoying to me. I don't know if it's just me. If it's, like, God, like, a, like if you have dandruff or something, they have stuff for that, too. Like, I don't know. He just keeps, like, teasing his hair all the time. It's just annoying. But seeing Jigolo talk was kind of cool. Like, that's always a, a plus for me, so. I'll deal with the, the, the hair stuff as long as I get to see some gigolo in there. Yes, exactly. And then uh, from there, we get the, the Quebecers versus a couple jobbers, which, like, this broke up the monotony to me of, like, the squash. Like, I know they were going, like, straight squashes before the pay-per-view and stuff, but the Quebecers are so fun to watch in squash matches. Like, they do so much, like, innovative stuff. Like, with the like, he, like Jacques starts the match with a freaking package pile driver, like, the the move that like Kevin Owens does, you know, twenty years later, uh, and he does, he's doing it now, like way back in the early, in the early nineties, whatever. But there's they're like double team moves, like they got like that spine buster into like the Boston crowd, then into a leg drop on top of that. It's so cool, but I'm just excited to kind of see like where they go in this whole tag picture going forward because they there's real like cohesive. Um. And then, like, you know, obviously they win the match with that cannonball move they do the off the top yep. rope. And then uh, from there we get, like, the Who is Luger segments again. So this kind of – yeah, so this this is getting a little tired now. Like, it's, it's it's you know, it's it's getting to be, like, 
kind of where it's, you know, like, okay, we get it. Like, if they've done this for a couple of weeks, it's cool. If you're doing a profile piece of him, but for them to go all in and for what is going to happen soon, it just does not make any sense to me. Um, well, yeah, well, that's, I'll, uh, let me just interject real quick in there. Is like, yeah, I, I, I read the Observer on this time, and they were talking about how like the ratings are huge for Luger. Like he, the contract signing was like the highest raw I think ever. Oh wow! Uh, so like they obviously did a good job, and I remember being super pumped about it. But these things, uh, I wish I could remove what we know happens, right? Like if we didn't have spoiler words. Yes. But it's yes. just like it's so deflating to watch these. Like it's really hard. It's really like this is stupid. Right. They're trying to create a new Hogan, but he's like a. I don't want to say a pussy Hogan, but right. he kind of he kind of <laughs> is. Like he's no, like he I want to be. A, I mean, uh, that seems like weird. But he's like I want my dad want to be a musician. Maybe I should have been one. It's like I'd love to be <laughs> one anyone, but like <laughs> right. it doesn't make the big, the guy you're gonna be the big uh, Yoko by. So. And 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 that's the thing. I think knowing what happens does right. kill it because the build for him and the push for him is is great. Like I, I love it. I love what they're doing. But knowing how much it gets flubbed, it's like. Damn, like you really put all your eggs in this basket just to, you know, kind of toss it to the side. But I mean, it is what it is. But what's cool is from then, from that, you know, piece we get Cornette coming. In, like we get words oh, from great. Cornette, and he is just on fire. He is like so like common. Like today's Cornette is kind of annoying with the stuff, but like today in or ninety three, he's so in the zone. Like he's. And, and especially compared to like what Fuji was doing for Yoko, like I feel like it reinvigorates Yoko's character too. Um, and he's just like you know trashing the common people. He even brings up like like Luger as he's running for office. Is like he's like running for an election, like which is kind of like kind of what they're making him sound like. Um, so I just think yeah, Cornette killed this segment, and and we kind of had a little uh, cool back to back with the you know Quebecers doing their thing, and then Cornette, so like some new new blood being injected into the program. I don't know if you had anything to add there. Yeah, I mean, you had my, my exact notes. I'm like, Jim Cornette, I'm the biggest fan of his backstage stuff now, but in this mm-hmm. role, he's 10,000 times better, which might even be an understatement. And I also put that Mr. Fuji says nothing. So, like, I can't right. believe he's being paid just to stand there. But I also like, and Cornette's in another promo too, like, because I think Yoko doesn't have to focus as much, like, he's able to kind of do that Andre mode of just standing there and looking impressive, yeah. like an intense Right. So, like, I think they've kind of like, you know, Mr. Fuji used to go to him and like try to say something in Japanese and then Yoko would kind of nod back. Like, they've gotten rid of that kind of like silliness. Like, Yoko just stands there like, I'm a beast. Don't mock me. So exactly. I really like all of this. So, oops. Oops. Sorry. Phone ring. Sorry about that. <laughs> Little Miley Cyrus showing again. <laughs> hey, it's all good. You're on vacation. Man. I know. Yeah. Party time. Right. Uh, all right. What? Uh, do you want to move on to the next match or you want me to get? Uh, yeah. That's- I'll take it. So, so another Boy. one. Yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> so, so the streak ends here of, of good segments. We get Adam yep. Bomb versus Jobber. And I, I get, they're just trying to like tinker with him now. Like he has like this nasty shit in his mouth before the match. Like I don't know what it was supposed to be. Like if it was supposed to be, I don't know, radiation or something like oozing out of his mouth. But, um, like at least his attire was cool too. He had like that yellow this time, but. Yep. There's just no meat on the bones right now. Like, yeah, they they got to give him something. They have to. I don't. I don't know. Like, Ludwig Borga comes in and gets Marty Jannetty right away. Um, other guys, you know, and, and he's also he's uh, Ludwig's also like talking trash about America, right? Right. Like, so he's got a ton of character. Yeah, 
and, and like even like Bastion Boogers had matches with like Marty and yeah. other guys, and it's like, what are you doing? If you if you like, you gave him this cool look. This you're obviously like invested in him. You know, I just don't understand why they're not giving him anything to work with. But um, you have Polo with him too. Like he even has a manager. It's, he's literally only had squash matches since he's been here. Yeah, I mean, probably what twenty times we've seen this. So and they've like, all been kind of the same. Right, so it's it, I'm a huge Adam Bomb fan, but this is this this is the thing of like where you go back and actually watch it, and it's like you get so disappointed. So it kind of sucks that he's not as high on my list as he was before, you know. Yeah, this has been, you know, if we talk about Marty being a real surprise, like Adam Bomb being a dud is definitely a surprise. Right. Uh, um, then we get. Uh, the great classic, and I've already put yes. Will Be Our Exit Song for sure, yes. uh, of Rapping Randy. They talked about it all night, uh, Rapping Randy, but with the classic Men on a Mission song. Uh, if you don't know what this is for the SummerSlam uh, spectacular, uh, it'll be exit music because it is an all-timer, definitely an old place to be favorite and one of my uh, one of my favorites. Bad, good songs, or good, bad songs, but... Um, Oh, 100%. I don't know if you anything to hit on that. No, he's uh, only that he was at least on beat. Like, like yep. he was, and he didn't dance, so he didn't embarrass himself. Yeah. So uh, I'll give him credit yeah. for saving the, the white race and that. Yeah. On, on both of them. Yeah. And then we got uh, Mr. Hughes real quick. Uh, real quick match. So my notes right here is this was a, a minute match. Like, if you just look at the last, all these matches, these are the times of the matches per history of WWE. 145, 213, 218, 129. This one was 105, and then 210. So, I mean, like, these are just quick matches. Like, the Mr. Hughes thing, like, they even they didn't even get talked about because it was no. under a minute, and they had a wreath out, which is kind of which kind of did nothing again because you, he he hasn't been with Undertaker for a while, and they keep building up the Undertaker-Gonzalez uh, match. So, they right. I don't even remember if he destroyed the wreath because I don't actually have a note from that, but no, they just – that was – yeah, that was it. So it's just wreath wreath to the side. Uh, do you want to do your your boys' interview? Yeah. So we get uh, next. We get an interview with the uh, the greatest wrestler of all time, Bret Hart. Yep. Um, and, and she kind of like it's um I forget her name, but she Bonnie mentioned Bernstein. that yeah, there you go, Bonnie Bernstein. Bonnie. She's yep. yeah, she's mentioning that he's the undisputed king of the ring. So it's kind of weird that they're kind of like. I don't know if they're like treating this as like a, some form of like championship or like a title, um, like calling him undisputed. Like, you know, it's just kind of, I never really heard that before as far as like King of the Ring goes. Um, but they're, you know, they're, he's like in the interview, he's really like passionate because I think he's like they're giving him something involved with his family. So yep. it's like bringing more out in him. Like he can like, talk about his upbringing. He talks about like what he's earned and everything. And then, when, when he starts talking about his parents, he, he almost gets, like, kind of emotional when he's talking about it. I thought this was, like, really, really the selling point for the Lawler match. Like, to know that, you know, this guy's been screwed out of the world title, but he's not even, like, thinking about that right now. You know, like, Lawler's pissed him off that much that, you know, the title's not even, like, in his sights right now. He's just ready to get his hands on Lawler, and Lawler's just kind of constantly goading him the whole time. Um I just thought this was really solid stuff from Brett and a guy that you don't, you know, think of as having good, like everybody will be like, Oh, he's only had good interviews in 1997. I think like a lot of this work in this time is kind of proving that wrong that, you know, he can sell a match and sell a feud really well. So I thought he built this up good. Yeah. Uh, and, and Waller left during the interview saying there were girls by Elvis he had to take care of. So like, 
they've kind of they kind of done a little bit of, of cheesiness of Lawler being scared of Brett, like they they're not around each other. Uh, right. If you don't mind, I'm gonna flip to the last two matches. Yeah, but, yeah. Go ahead. Unless you had anything major, but just Bam no. Bam with squash. He's got Luda with him. Let's talk about the uh, six man tag match, and then Men of the Mission comes out awesome. I, I thought uh, the crowd was really into them again. So crazy pop for them. Uh, the Macho Talk uh, <laughs> talks about how he taught Men of the Mission all their moves, which is right. kind of funny. But I thought Mabel actually looked pretty good here. Um, uh, he did like a spin kick, and that's where Macho said he taught him that. I actually thought it looked pretty good. So, again, these guys are super over. Something at SummerSlam I wish they would have done is somehow brought these guys out, like got the crowd yes. really pumped up. So this is a massively overact, so a big, big fan of it. Uh, and then we had one last face-to-face we had. Uh, they're just talk, kind of talking about uh, Lex and Luger, Lex Luger and uh, Yoko. They kept mentioning this over and over. And my notes say, "Can we go back and sue this somehow?" But they said, "This is the only <laughs> meeting. If you buy this, this will be the only chance ever to see this." So, uh, <laughs> and I put in my notes, just loaded card in my eyes. Like if you look at this, it's like an awesome card. And they had Brendan Sean with uh, with t- really the first time I think I've heard this where they really bring up that Mr. Perfect he wins. This will be a three-peat for him. So I thought it was. Uh, Right. Pretty good ending to the show, really building up SummerSlam, and then they talked about the SummerSlam Spectacular to go. I don't know if you have anything else to add. Nope, I'm good with that. All right. So let's move on to the SummerSlam Spectacular. So this was taped on the back half of the Raw that we that we watched last time. So those right. were uh, so kind of they had live Raw, and then they kind of had this back half. Pretty loaded, loaded card um, in my eyes. So we start with... Uh, Yoko and, and Jim Duggan starting over. So Duggan comes out, massive pop. They got the, the USA flags everywhere. Uh, pretty short match, com- but again, it's Yoko. Uh, you know, but for like two marquee names to start off a pay per view. Uh, mm-hmm. They Duggan, I thought, really made it, really made Yoko look strong. Again, I thought this was awesome. I just thought the heat wasn't there because in we were talking like May. This this feud was like awesome, and it just like randomly starts the show. There's they don't give the lead-ins as much as I thought they should have. And then um, – but I thought Duggan just did a great job. And they really talked about how Luger was coming. Like, why would Luger even have to go after this guy? This guy's a beast. Don't, like, why would you even fight him? So, okay, match to start off. I thought, like, if they would have done this match maybe back in June, I know <laughs> Yoga was dealing with Hogan, but I thought that the, the feud was much hotter then, and this kind of just tempered in. But it wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. Yeah, I thought I thought this was – this was like eye opening to me. So like the way Duggan is so crazy over with the crowd here, You're right? And like to me, he handles the USA gimmick better than Luger does. Like, oh yeah. You know, I don't. I, why couldn't they just put Duggan in that role if you're gonna go to where they go anyways? Like if you're not gonna go full bore with it, you're not gonna go you know a hundred percent in. Let Duggan do what Luger is doing, and then eventually build up Luger to instead of it being so like abrupt from changing him from a, the narcissist into this character, like let it be more organic and you know, and then eventually go to where you want to go. But um, it's just crazy to see how over Duggan was with the crowd, and I'm not even like a big Duggan fan, but I was just really impressed. And another thing was like they the commentary keeps pushing Yoko at 600 pounds now too. Like that's the thing they keep mentioning, like, oh, he's he's got to be over six hundred pounds now. So yeah, they're really trying to build him up as like you know this huge, huge monster. So yeah, it's like it's it's not there yet, but they're kind of getting like, well, he's kind of a fat ass, like <laughs> right, starting like, up there. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if they're like getting down on him or or what, but yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're not sure. Something. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely gets later, especially if I've been listening to, like, Warzone when they talk about him, like, making fun mm-hmm. of him. But I don't think they're in that mo- – they're not in the Bastion Booger mocking phase yet. Right, right. Um, but you said you said something really good there about Duggan, too, is, like, he's not known for putting guys over. Like, he always DQ count outs, and, like, here he right. has been, like, really good at putting over Yoko. So I'll give him a ton of props, and I don't know. I, I'm shocked he was here, and I'm, I don't know how long he'll stay around, but um, – do you want to go to the next segment? Yeah. Yeah. So next we get a little backstage segment with Vince, um, like running into Cornette, interviewing Cornette. And again, Cornette's on fire, just hyping yep. Yoko up. And, and Yoko looks awesome with it. He's got his hair down. Like it just makes him look even more menacing for some reason. But, um, yeah. Cornette's just doing a great job keeping you interested in Yoko as a world champ. Um, from there, we just get a quick little recap of like the Razor DiBiase feud, kind of. You know, keeping that in your mind's eye with the um, quick match with Razor and Blake uh, Blake Beverly. Uh, solid little match. Nothing, like, crazy. They do, like, the exposed turnbuckle spot, and, you know, Razor gets Razor's edge. It's kind of weird to see, like, Blake Beverly on his own be, like, <laughs> this, like, jobber to the stars kind of thing. But there was nothing, like, to the match. It, it was more like a commercial for the for the pay-per-view kind of match. Um, and then from there, we get another little segment of, uh, Lawler and Elvis again, which is kind of, kind of weird. Like, I, I know, like, El- like Lawler's big in Memphis and so was Elvis and they're playing off the King gimmick and everything like that. But, like, this, El- this Elvis impersonator specifically looks nothing like Elvis. He, the accent he tries to use is terrible. Um, like, King's running down Brett, which King, like, Lawler is awesome doing it, but, I don't know, just having, like, the Elvis thing with them kind of, like, veers too cartoony to me, like, when this is kind of like a blood feud, almost, you know, like a like a serious, you know, family-involved feud, and then you like, Elvis showing up and stuff, it's just, that, that part was kind of cheesy, so, I didn't like that, you know, getting mixed in with the feud here, but uh, Lawler was pretty good, though. Yeah, it was, I had just one note on Baked Beverly, I was just like, it's weird, because he uses his Beverly, uh, Beverly Brothers music too, and he's right. got like white tights on, so it's like they kind of building him up because he was in like the the one midget match from a couple weeks ago. So it's like yep. weird. This guy's kind of like around here and there, but like don't give him like any type of gimmick. And then also Gorilla said, "There's no love lost between these two. I'm like, what feud did I miss between Razor and Bill Blake? Did it, <laughs> this is Gorilla talking yeah. about these two? Yeah. So I just had, I had to make the note because Gorilla was I think really bad in 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 that match. I think other matches he was pretty good, but that match he was rough. Right. Um, then we get a uh, six man tag with uh, rights. Let me make sure I got that. Yep. Did I miss one? Yes. Yeah, oh, I, I, I forgot. I did forget to mention that Brett responds in that same little section, and that's when he starts. He starts calling it the SummerSlam. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had that somewhere too. I, yeah. had, I, had, I don't know where it was, but there was definitely a the SummerSlam. I have that in my notes. Yeah. Uh, we get Taka and Smoking Guns, uh, both well over. Man, Taka, like his pop was awesome. Uh, I kind of like the idea of like the six man idea like training for it I, my note actually says hope the heels get one too i thought that would have been a good idea if like they both both teams got one on this pay-per-view to really set up that match mm-hmm. uh they kind of talk about these guys never work you know cowboys and indians they have never worked together and they don't know how to work together and they kind of the jobbers kind of take over for most of the match but then the end of it is a hot tag to taco just cleans house he looks really strong and really good here i know you talked about like Duggan for the person over, but like Tataka would have been one. I know it's a little silly on the gimmick and can't get over as Mr. America, but like the way he's over, it's like he would almost be better than Luger too. Yeah, you're uh, right. I think you'd have to change the gimmick a little bit, but man, he he. I thought this was like maybe his best performance we've seen of him. 
in my eyes, kind of taking out the jobbers when the smoking guns look kind of failing. Um, I don't know if anything else. Yeah, no, I thought it was cool to see, like, the – I think they kind of did this on purpose for, like, the Cowboys and Indians. Right, yeah. Like, visual, you know. And you're right, like, Tatanka, like, teaming with them. I don't know if it's, like, specifically him teaming with the – this like young team that like invigorated him, but he was on fire. Like right, you know, maybe just because the whole. Maybe it's not because he's you know that's think about. It. Maybe it's because he wasn't a match the whole time, right? Like he was able to take a little. Uh, push. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, yeah, he could be a better tag wrestler, like the hot right. tag guy, because he does have that kind of offense too. That's like more of like a hot tag offense. But you know, I've been really down on Tatanka the past yep. you know, few months, and and this was awesome. So. Yeah, this is this was very good to see. So good little stuff there, kind of building up for SummerSlam as well. Um, after that, we got like a, a Taker interview, which in this era is is really the same interview almost every time. Um, he's still without Paul Bear. Uh, what was kind of cool though is like Giant Gonzalez comes out and like that visual, I will never be able to get over like how much bigger he is than Undertaker. Um, he just like towers over him, and he, he even sounds like menacing when he when he talks to him, like his voice is kind of crazy. So I wish this was like the original presentation they gave of him. Um, but eventually he does like back down from the undertaker. So it's kind of, it kind of like leaves the door open as to who's going to win at SummerSlam. Kind of like at least put some intrigue out there, you know, I don't know if you had anything to add on that. Uh, the only thing I don't know if you meant, sorry if you missed it, but they do the lights out again. So that's like, oh, right. new his new uh, thing, and that was a huge pop again, so that's definitely, like, <laughs> I mean, it's so used to now, but it's crazy, like, early on, they didn't have it, and now he has it, it's like, the crowd knows instantly, like, this is awesome, so, uh, great there, do I have to do the next match? <laughs> that's exactly why I took the take. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, I gotta, I gotta talk about that long enough, to, like, we get the, why, how is this happening? Uh, match yeah, of the yeah. year. Well, yeah. actually, Kamala got a t- <laughs> fight. I don't know. I'm not sure which one's worse, but it's Shawn Michaels versus Bob Backlund, who we haven't seen in a while, which was our shitting boy early '93, but we haven't seen him for a while. Uh, he actually got some noise when he came out. Backlund did, but I couldn't tell if it was cheers or uh, or booze. So uh, there was okay. noise, but I wasn't sure if it was positive or negative. Uh, Gorilla said something about you know talk about <laughs> Shawn Michaels. If he's still champion, fighting Mr. Perfect, and honestly just put Haas uh, in my yes. head because I'm like, is they really think this is over? Uh, they do start talking up really big here the whole time, talking about that Sean and Perfect are going to have the match of the all-time match, the greatest thing ever, and that they keep talking about that Sean's very lazy, kind of has a headlock on, and Cronulla says he's not with putting it in, that he looks bored, which I think everyone is, and he's not treating Bob as a serious contender, and I wrote that is anyone – um, yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't, right? So it's it's they kind of are making Backlund to be a joke, uh, versus uh, you know versus really talking up you know him as a credible threat. And then rather than like I know his move is a super kick right now. I think it's like side suplex sometime, but he kind of wins on like a roll up to beat the amateur wrestling superstar again. So kind of funny that Razor did it at Mania and then Sean does it here. So um, a kind of nothing match. They, you, uh, the one thing on this Superstars or spectacular, sorry, SummerSlam spectacular, is they've really covered every match, right? So they kind of right. laid out. They must have laid out the script and said, okay, here's how we're going to cover everyone. So even this match is kind of a joke. Uh, they kind of build up like this probably the second, no, probably third biggest match on the card, right after uh, the main event and Brett and and Brett and Lawler. So they definitely spent a lot of time there, uh, which was which was good. Uh, but the overall match was kind of eh, nothing. 
Yeah, I, I think that I think that noise you were talking about was like Backlund's um, pill <laughs> alarm going off. Like I think it's alarm for his pills or whatever. But th- for some reason, putting him against Shawn Michaels made him look even older. Like he just looked so old. Like it almost looks yeah. like the film was in like '80s film or something when he's in the match. Uh, he just does not belong like at all right now. Like I don't get it. And he's so like happy to be there too. It's just like. He doesn't even understand that he doesn't fit in, so it makes it kind of work. He's almost like Eugene, like a like a real life Eugene. Yeah, almost. old Eugene, old Eugene. Right. Yeah, it's just so weird how goofy he looks, and like Sean, this guy, this athlete that you're building up, this young cocky athlete. You know, you're gonna have a match with Mr. Perfect, it's supposed to be this like athletic spectacle, and this is the kind of match that you're showcasing that too to get somebody to buy the pay per views. Kind of weird. Um. But yeah, like you said, like boring match, uh, nothing to really write home about. Don't stick Sean with Backlund anymore, please, because I just don't want to see that. Um, and then from there we get another like the Who is Lex Luger stuff. Um, you know, kind of the same same old crap. He's just talking about his personality and where he's gonna go. Uh, and then I think they perfectly timed this again uh, on purpose from that. They, gave us like a Ludwig Borga promo and he's like I I like I don't know too much about Borga like you know I didn't really see him much as a kid like because I think he only has like a year run or whatever but he's he's pretty good on these promos like running down America and stuff like that like he sticks it and his delivery is great so yeah uh, I, don't I know, also then, he, yeah, right there he also starts it off speaking in uh Finnish I think um, yes. Now, now I'm a dumb American, like he calls out. <laughs> right. We only, we only <laughs> uh, speak one language. One language, right? So it's kind of funny. But then his first live ever saying dumb American says this is the first SummerSlam for Marty Jannetty. I just right. go, oh, oh, you must yeah, not be a wrestling fan. Do your research, buddy. Yeah, failure. Exactly. I guess the history of WWE wasn't around back then. So <laughs> I give him a little right. slack, but still, that's kind of funny. Right. And then um, after that promo, we get a, a quick little squash from Marty. So – Good cohesion in that little segment. Like, they're yep. not really, like, home run segments-wise, but it's good to keep you go from, like, from Luger to Borga to from Borga to Marty. So it's like you're, like, six degrees of separation or whatever. But, you know, Marty's always a fun little squash match, too. So that, that was cool to kind of uh, see that play out the way it was and it just shows you how, like, meticulous they are with their laying out where if you're paying attention, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense the way they do things. Yep. Uh, you want me to get the last match? Or? Yeah, you go ahead. You sure you want it? Uh, I'll take it if you want me to. Yeah, watch tickets. All right. So in this main event, we get the uh, Steiners versus Money Inc. in a cage match, which this this match, I don't, I don't know if it's on a Raw set or if it's on some compilation, but I've seen it before. And it gets pimped sometimes. It's like this little hidden classic in this era. Um, I thought it was like really cool visual to see the tag teams in the yep. cage, like all four of the guys together. Just you know, there's kind of working like a, a frenetic pace too because all four guys are in the ring. Um, there's even like this cool spot where they're choking Scott on the on the bar of the cage, and they kind of get a, like an up close look on that. So, um, like the rules are, you know, both members of your team have to escape. So like that's gonna like put some strategy in play as well. Like do you want to leave your partner in there do you want to right. you know hurry up and escape if you have an opening kind of thing so i thought like 
like everybody shits on the WWF style of cage match. Like the escape the cage, it should be just blood and guts and one fall yep. to finish, which, which I love that too. But, um, you know, having it this way, like put so much psychology in this match. That was awesome. Uh, like Scott and IRS escaped the, the cage first. So you're kind of just waiting to see like what Rick and, and DiBiase do, but then, um, Rick's kind of getting the upper hand and now IRS comes back into the cage. So it's like when, when the first time you're seeing guys like escape the page, the, the cage and then come back in. So that was cool. Um, then, then after that, Scott gets on the, on the top of the cage and hits an axe handle from the top, which looked really cool. Like he was really high up there. Yep. Uh, you know, so, so to see that was like, oh, you're seeing stuff you usually don't see, um, on TV, especially in the WWF. So when, once they kind of get the, the, to brawling again, like the, the finish comes when, uh, like Rick gets out and I believe Ted gets out and then IRS is trying to climb out the cage ahead of Scott and Rick kind of like, Goes up to him and like picks him up for like the like kind of like they would be doing a Steiner Bulldog or something like straddles him and s- prevents him from coming down to the bottom of the cage and while Scott escapes so it's a really cool finish really creative stuff here and like these two teams have just been money together like th- like this is exactly what they needed for each other like to have this kind of a cage match too just I don't know I think it, I just thought this match was really good and I didn't expect it to be this good either so. This is a, a surprise for me as far as like a quality goes. I don't know what you thought about this match. Yeah, I think we've been uh, well, as you know, the number one mark with multiple IRS shirts. Like you gotta love this match automatically. But I thought it was this is one of the cool cage matches where like you know they kind of have like hey both guys gotta escape. So like that's the premise of it. Like you kind of talked about strategy. Like which way do you do it? Do you both get out? Do so one of you get out? Like you know Scott does the one time he's like outside. Should I go back in? Like there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of good strategy in this match. Um, that I think makes it different, even if you don't like that. Every cage match needs to be blood and guts. It's also building off. They never really talk that much, I thought, but you know they had had like three or four matches that kind of ended in like weird ways, right? Like they had the they had like the double count out. They had the one where IRS kind of threw them back in. Like there was kind of can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sorry, I went on mute for some of it. But they're kind of interesting ways of fighting each other. Uh, and so this cage match is like, okay, now they're going to have this match to really settle how they should fight each other. So I, I really like that. Um, there was there, The only thing that was kind of weird on it, they had like a jump cut, I thought, or maybe it, just what we were watching is like all of a sudden they come back from commercial and Scott was outside the ring. Like So maybe maybe it just was a jump cut or in the, the, the tape we were watching, but I was a little confused right. by that. I just thought, I, in my notes, it's a cool idea. Uh, for each one, uh, the way and it kind of ends this program strong. I don't know. Would this match have been better at SummerSlam? Probably than the Heavenly Bodies. So I get why they maybe broke up uh, Money Inc. to do it SummerSlam, but this would have been an awesome match on SummerSlam as well, but definitely a hidden gem. And I just remember to this uh, SummerSlam Spectacular as a kid watching. Like, I remember I was out to eat with my parents. I still remember, like, Okay, we need to hurry up and eat so I can go home and watch this. And and I thought I thought this pretty much delivered, uh, and I was definitely pumped about this match. I definitely have. Oh wow! Tons, so so you saw this live? Yeah, I had tons oh, of memories. Awesome. I had tons tons of memories like of this match. Like I don't remember the Yogan the the Yoko Duggan thing, but like clearly this tag match, I, I just remember the, like kind of move for move. Like remember Siders winning right. with kind of creative ways. So like I definitely have this in my heart. I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, because it used to be on the network, uh, so I remember watching when those were on, but mm-hmm. I haven't since, you know, whatever, the network's been gone for a couple of years now. 
Right, right. So, uh, but what do you think of all the, overall the show? Like, does it pump you up for SummerSlam? Like, yeah. Good job. Yeah, so I think, like, this is, like, the, you know, the perfect commercial for SummerSlam. I think, like, you know, you shouldn't go in expecting, like, a pay-per-view quality thing because they're hyping you for the pay-per-view. Right. But as, a, like, a standalone special, I think this is awesome. Like, and like you said earlier, it, they laid out every guy that's going to be on SummerSlam and kind of made sure to, you know, hit their key points and their feud and everything like that as far as the build-up goes. So I think, you know, this is a home run show for me. I'm glad we added it. Yeah. No, it was a good surprise. I just remember this being a good one, and I was definitely happy when I watched it. Like, it was delivering. Um, and you want to do some plugs before we move on to a quick glass superstars and get uh, get on Lex Express on to SummerSlam? Yeah, so I'll just highlight a uh, quick couple things. Like, first, just want to highlight Jenny. Like, you know, she is, you know, behind the scenes. She kills it for us all the time. Um, you know, she's got the Jenny position on the feed. Um, they covered an episode of South Park recently. Uh, and I'm a huge like South Park fan. So that was awesome to hear like her do that. Like you usually don't hear like episodes of uh, people bring that up. So that was cool to hear. Um, also got Aaron with the, the superstar that was, and that's, or the wrestler that was, that I think like that's like his niche because of his like specifically because of his like acting background too like he delves deep into the character of it kind of like how we look at wrestling like we don't just look at like you know in ring five stars kind of thing like we look at the whole picture Aaron like breaks that stuff down to a T and like this week he did the the honky talk man and like if you, say you don't know anything, say you're a newer fan, like say you're in your twenties or say you've just started watching for the past 10 years, you know, they, they don't ever talk about the honky tonk man anymore. You can yep. listen to that, to that podcast and you'll know everything about the character of the honky tonk man. You'll know like his highlights, low lights, what made it, what made him interesting, all that stuff. And I just thought like uh, that podcast has been a home run so far. So. I don't know if you had anything to add as far as plug goes, but that's just what's on, on my mind right now. Yeah, Jenny's great. Uh, hopefully we got it taped and everything, but I did a Pluto. I've heard about Pluto for Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm hoping we can get it get oh, it out nice. there, but but that'll be a good one. Uh, uh, also, uh, you talked about um, uh, Aaron, but he also does the knowledge of the Rumble. Um, right. I'm always behind on some of these, so it's like I kind of listen to some of them live, and then I have to go back. So I just finally finished Rikishi because I knew it was going to be rough. So that was from a couple yeah. months back, <laughs> but they're you know moving, they're making their way through '94's uh, Rumble now. So uh, just got the guns, or just did signers and the guns. So kind of new gen, crushing through the new generation era, right? Uh, and then ruthless aggression. Jacob's kind of been back, uh, getting back into it uh, again. I'm always behind, but I'm listening to Rumble '93 right now. Uh, so kill it with Logan on that one, uh, classic uh, rumble there. So mm-hmm. uh, tons, tons of stuff, and then got tons of great stuff also on the, you know, the other two, the pop, pop experience and the original place to be nation, where they're in uh, just past WrestleMania um, 24, which I know you're you're a big fan of. So oh yeah, I was there live. Yeah, yeah it's a great, great, uh, great on all all the feeds. So uh, listen, rate, review as always, and uh, keep the comments and suggestions coming. Thanks a lot, everyone. Let's move on to superstars. Uh, yes, so sir. we're back at the War Memorial. Same same taping again. As I kind of mock this, one of the worst tapings ever. Uh, sort of man. Uh, and so we'll go pretty quickly on this one because there's not much here. Uh, start with one, two, three, K. I thought I got a, a huge pop coming out. 
um, to start off. So, but kind of nothing match real quick. Again, these minute 59 and then the heavily bodies, uh, were up next facing again, another jobber team. Uh, again, a lot of these matches here, cause this is the weekend of SummerSlam. So they're really like card pressing. They talk a lot of, most of notes about the, uh, the SummerSlam spectacular is also, or not, sorry, a SummerSlam hotline. They're really talking up here, which is just new about like, Hey, call it, find out what's happening. So they spent a lot of time about how to order and how to call the hotline to get the scoops then really on these matches. But the only thing I do love about the heavenly bodies besides Gigolo's dancing is at the end, they watch themselves the replays on the Titan Tron and they yeah. were just like loving each other. So I thought that was a super awesome gimmick. Um, these guys are guys. I'm really surprised how much I like them so far, but they're just not connecting with the crowd. Uh, and that's one of the things we kind of just talked about the money ink match. Like maybe that it would have been better money ink versus signers at, at SummerSlam. Cause just how many bodies aren't over as much as I think we've been fawning over the Gigolos dancing. Um, right. It's just, they're not connecting with the crowd. Yeah. I think, I think they're just throwing a bone to Cornette with that for some yeah. reason. And, but I do, I, I'm, I believe the same thing that it should be, uh, money ink versus signers at SummerSlam. Um, like you said, the heavenly bodies aren't quite there yet as far as crowd reaction goes. And I blame that fully on, um, Pritchard's hair. Like, he's <laughs> his hair. like, like, like it, it's to the it. point. Yeah. It's to the point where I'm glad they shaved his head when they made him zip or whatever. Like, I, I, they probably got pissed off too, seeing him do it all the time. So, um, but yeah, so I echo the same thing. Like, they're, they're awesome to watch. Like, they're, like the tag teams in general, like the whole scene right now is, is just on fire. So, you know, it's not a not an era that gets talked about ever as far as tag team goes, but should really be looked at. Um, from there, we get a quick little uh, SummerSlam report, like just adding that Aaron Neville is going to sing the national anthem. Um, I thought he was in like NXT in like 2014. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they get like the the. I need a hero Lex Luger music video. So they're just giving him the whole package here. Like they're giving him the sit downs. They're giving him the, the Lex express. They're giving him the wristbands from everybody. They're giving him a music video. Now Like this is, this is full bore, you know, and, and the crazy thing about it is like all these like interviews he's doing with these kids and all these people, like deep down Lex probably hates this shit. Like at this point, Oh, he hates this. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like when you know of the guy, like you've heard secondhand stories, like yeah. he's probably so miserable. Um, from that, we get a quick little kind of a boring squash match with Virgil and Ludwig Borga. Like this is, I hate that he just wins with the pose line, but the end of this was really cool. Like the match itself sucked. But the end was cool where he kind of takes off the wristbands of Virgil. Um, he kind of like runs down the crowd, talks about USA and stuff like that, and then jams them in his mouth, which is a really if deep, deep, deep cut as far as like DiBiase, like shoving the money in people's throat. And this is Virgil. Yeah. Like you know, it's, it's probably me thinking too hard about it, but it was cool that um, Ludwig kind of made this kind of a squash, at least a little entertaining at the end here. Yeah, I don't rewind actually because I was like, did he stick money down his throat or was it the the wristband like I like I was just like in my head I was just like oh this is the money spot but I'm like wait a second I don't think Ludwig did money so I had to kind of like rewind yeah. it to rewatch 
Um, I just had a couple things here is where I put on the SummerSlam report that this is where Brett also said the SummerSlam. The so SummerSlam. I, 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 I like that's a giant Gonzalez in an interview, and he's just so tall. And like when they go to pan up from the boom mic is hanging, like clearly it looks like it's a goof, <laughs> but it's clearly done to make him seem tall. Right. So I I like I like that. And then um, I actually didn't hate the Virgil Blue Big Burger match as much as you did. It's a random match from a different taping. Uh, Vince is like so over that Virgil's wearing the wristband. Like I don't know where Vince got these wristbands, but like every time he talks about them, he's like, "Oh my god, yeah. Virgil's got one of those amazing wristbands!" Like right. it looks so cheap, uh, or I put it looks like crap. Uh, and even Virgil had to grab like the flag to get over him. And I actually liked the red, white, and uh, I'm sorry, like the clothesline to win. Like I thought it was an awesome clothesline. Um, the match. So I actually liked the, the, the match a lot more than you, and I thought they were building up Virgil to be credible in this, uh, so I thought it was kind of a good match. Um, and I, I wasn't as negative as you on it, but maybe that, I'm just a Virgil Ludwig mark. So. <laughs> hey, there you go. So uh, after that, we – we uh, oh, and Ludwig also, again, says that the Americans don't speak other languages. That's his big insult. Um, then we, they get a – Talk about Radio WWF on Saturday night. So I'm sure this was back when I was like 10 years old. I was definitely up for that for Saturday night. That my crazy Saturday nights were definitely Radio WWF. Uh, then we get a live promo from the Undertaker's Graveyard where you kind of talked earlier about like not liking his interview, but I think these are the better interviews where he's not in front of the crowd. Like he doesn't have to pander right. to the crowd. Like right. it's in his controlled environment. It's making him mysterious. Like we know he does this awesome for building his coffins. So I, I really like this, and I, I put you know so this I think this is the start of these type of interviews, which I like a lot better. Uh, and then we go to a random Mr. Perfect match. Uh, I, again, another quick squash match, but I thought his perfect flex here was like the best one he's ever done. Like it was really perfect. Like he just held it there, and then at the beginning of the match, Lawler or after the match, Lawler draws as Perfect's entering, draws basically a diesel truck behind Perfect, like on a scanner. It actually looked pretty good. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I can draw that now. And uh, this is kind of setting up, like, the feud is more Diesel versus Perfect, because even on one of the face-to-faces, even Diesel started talking bad to Perfect. So, like, they've kind of switched, like, okay, Perfect has to watch out for Diesel. So it seems like they're kind of switching that a little bit, Um, which, again, I just put in my notes, like, Diesel's just so worthless in this role. Like, I can't believe how bad he is. And I'm not the biggest fan or Kevin Nash fan, but, like, people talk as an all-time great. But, like, this has been three months of him, and he's done nothing. So, like, I, I've, I've never really thought of that highly of him. And this is probably one of the reasons why is, like, this guy is our new champion in 94, like, this bum. So he's kind of kind of a nothing to me, uh, especially early on here. So I'm a huge Kevin Nash fan. Okay. In the fact, no, not in the not in the ring at all. Like, okay. this is mainly, like, shoot interview and, like, uh, commentary Kevin Nash and kind of like sly remarks on the interviews kind of Kevin Nash. I, I love, like I love his personality in ring. And as far as like a character goes, even, yeah, I don't see it. Like, like you said, like 94, the champion, like there was other razor could have got that role and run with it. There's a couple other guys, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't see it either. I guess just him being, you know, six, eight or whatever it really is. And yeah, charismatic made him do it, but. Um, after that, yeah, but, match, and, and buddies yeah, with Sean. Don't for, yeah, never forget buddies that, with Sean. That definitely definitely helps, but you know, it, Sean could have got that spot sooner too. But you know, he's not as tall, so 
Um, from that squash, we get a quick uh, smoking gun squash. Just kind of keeping you, you know, in your rearview mirror with them too. They're kind of going to be in SummerSlam. They're going to be in that six man. So um, just something to keep them going. And then the end, we end the episode with like a Cornette Yoki, Yoko uh, Fuji interview, which was, yep. again, very good by Cornette. He talks about like, It'll no longer be a call to action. It'll be a call to the hospital, <laughs> yep. which was a great line. He uh, He's hyping up Yoko, Yoko better than Fuji ever did, like going over his stats, going yep. over who he's beaten, who he's left laying. Like He even like highlights the death of Hulkamania, which was awesome. Um, then we get like Savage comes out of the ring for whatever reason. Like I don't like, – if he just has to jump in for whatever reason and like speaks on Luger's behalf. I really wish that, like, to cap this off before SummerSlam, I wish that Yoko would have laid out Savage here. Like, you know, Savage doesn't have, like, a yeah. match or anything in SummerSlam. He's a guy that's sticking up for Luger, and it would have kind of been like, okay, this is, like, the last thing you see is, you know, Yoko laying out Savage, who's protecting America or whatever, too. So I thought that would have been cool. But then you got, like, all these faces come down from the locker room to kind of, like, support Luger, which is really weird, like, I don't know, like they all got their wristbands on and everything. It's just, I don't know, it, it, it's almost getting too heavy-handed now, like, with what they're doing as far as building up Luger. But, um, like, you know, you know how, like, a lot of people, like, complain about predictable finishes and everything. They should have went with the predictable finish in this one. If, if you were going to put all this effort yep. into it. Like, I can't think of another guy they put this much effort into. Yeah. You know, since maybe, since maybe, like, first year Hogan or something like that. But. It is crazy the push he's getting in, you know, for them. We'll we'll see what happens, but, you know. I think we know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had, uh, I could throw my little comments here. So I watched this first before the SummerSlam Spectacular, and I actually thought the way Macho came out that he was going to fight Yoko on the SummerSlam Spectacular. Because, like, they had, like, heat between them. So I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. Like, I'm pumped for the SummerSlam Spectacular. And then when Duggan started, I was like, oh, yeah, Duggan's in this. I thought it was Macho, Yoko. Because they've, like, had a pretty good feud. Right, they right. feuded at the Rumble. I think they feuded maybe on the one, the March WrestleMania we watched them. So I kind of got that. The crowd again goes nuts for Macho, and I'm, I mean, I was just say it's like, why is he still announcing? Like, why is he not fighting more? Maybe it doesn't have to be in everything, but like, put Macho in more matches. Like, is you know, what, I think there's something missing from this era. It's like too much of Macho on the commentary, or just maybe not. He could do some commentary, like if it's superstars only, but like not superstars and Raw. Um, right, right. He's just so over. Like the crowd goes nuts for him, and then he leads massive USA chants. Uh, you get all the guys coming out of the crowd, Bushwhackers too, who aren't even American, but they're they're throwing the American flags out there. And I thought that was really cool. Cool. I thought the crowd going nuts for the crowd went nuts for this segment. I think they should have done something similar at SummerSlam. Uh, you know, just similar to like bring out my mission. Like this, the crowd got into. So I would have like thought of like, okay, this is a great idea. Like we can do this more often, or like more creative ways to get the crowd super involved. And I also, my last note here just says that during it, Macho and Virgil do this, like, massive hug for some reason, like, the planned work or something. Like, there's a massive, like, Virgil, like, jumps to him, and Macho catches him. So it just caught my eye. I'm like, that's really random for a big hug. But right, uh, right. all the all the faces, too, like, they seem to be into it, too. Like, it wasn't like, oh, like, this is boring or, like, degrading in my time. Like, they were all super into it. So I thought that added value, too. Like, this could have been really easy for them, like, all these guys have already worked. Like I'm tired. I should have showered, but they all come out in their their co- uh, costumes or uniforms, whatever you want to call it, and mm-hmm. are, are definitely into it big time. Like waving the flags, uh, high five in the fans. So I thought that was good by the by all those guys as well. 
Yeah, it was a good finish and definitely gets you ready for SummerSlam. Like, I think, like, as far as any pay-per-view, like, this build has been better than, like, many, like, all the pay-per-views we've seen so far. I think this build has been the best. Like, King of the Ring was new, so, like, that was kind of cool to get into, but the build wasn't necessarily the the best. And Mania was was, kind of flat. There was negative. There was negative build for Yoko Hogan, like you right. know what I mean. Like, right. on King of the Ring, like the the King of the Ring was like awesome, but like that match didn't get it. Michael's crush got zero. Uh, Mania was pretty decent, but this one's been better. And I, I just remember mm-hmm. as a kid, like so pumped for this pay per view. So and these superstars have just superstars of Raws have just like added to it. So exactly done a great job. Should we move on to awards then? Yes, sir. So we got uh, most new gen outfits. I'm gonna go with Men on a Mission. Theirs was kind of cool with that blue kind of mixed in. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with them. Um, who got made fun of? Perfect got made fun of for his tracksuit, which I thought was amazing. So <laughs> one of the face to faces, I just put right. it. I think it was like Diesel made fun of. Him, was like, yeah, look what you're wearing. Like you should talk. So I right. think it's perfect tracksuit. Uh, most new gen performer. Uh. I don't know about um, I'm I'm gonna go with the Steiners. Okay. I really like their work in that match, so I'm gonna go with them. We go. Uh, let's go. What kind of guy you don't think of as the new generation? But he's such a big part of it. But Cornette's. Oh, like, nice. He's, you know, he's such a big part of this new generation. Yes. Uh, like the, you know, you kind of forget about a Cam Cornette and stuff, but right. he's in here for a while as a, like the lead manager. Uh, worst match or segments. Oh, Sean Backlund. Okay. Bob, I'm gonna go the same. Rare, like we don't really like sharing, saving the same things. Right. But it had, it had to be, oh. had to be it. Uh, best match. Oh, the cage easily. Uh, and I think this is like a really hidden gem. Like people should yeah. go out and watch. I, I love that I, match. I agree. Uh, I'll hold back from saying Ludwig. Borga versus Virgil, <laughs> but I have to go with cage match above it. Yeah. Uh, stock up. Uh, stock up. Uh, I'm gonna go Money Inc. Uh, like I think they're doing such a good job. Like they're so hot right now for a team that I just absolutely despise for so long. I'm, I'm gonna go with them. Uh, there's a lot of good guys. On, I think like everyone there is. Of, you can like go everyone, Borga, Ludwig Borga. Yeah, that was my first Borga guess. Bar. Yeah, I mean, like literally everyone besides Shawn Michaels, just because right. just because who we fought, but like Razor had good segments. I thought they built up. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but before the Razor match, like they built, they talked about how Million Dollar Man Razor, like they recapped the feud. Like right. a lot of these guys, the Heavenly Bodies, Giant Gonzalez even looked good in his yeah. interview, being tall. I'm, I'm going to Borga just because of even though he flubbed it so bad about make, not knowing his history of WWE he will right. not be on a trivia contest anytime soon but exactly. just the, his promos were good uh, and then stock down uh, Backlund <laughs> yeah uh, I'm going to go Mr. Hughes because he didn't even destroy the wreath like that's his only thing he has right now <laughs> right. I couldn't even couldn't even waste that time and, uh, honorable mention for something but it'll be our, our going away song but we'll be rapping Randy with Men on a Mission so yes. whatever that wins all the awards actually we're going to exactly. everything that wins all the awards because <laughs> it's, also, it's also the worst segment too <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, so, that's another must see thing like if you haven't yeah. seen that like, uh, if anybody hasn't seen that like watch the page match but watch that little set, like video or whatever like just to say you've watched it. That, yeah. That was just something else. The song's amazing, but the watching is amazing, too. Right. 
All right, so we'll end with that. And then next week, or in two weeks, we'll be on to SummerSlam 1983. We'll give a little backstory of our history of SummerSlams and then kind of talk about the big the big, uh, big showdown in uh, Ann Arbor. So can't wait for it. Really pumped to watch it and uh, see what we think about it uh, this time around watching the build. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Around the world, won everybody's vote. It almost knocked the hole right through the bottom of the boat. Joe, we're ready, willing, able, and we're destined for success. We felt the call to action for the mighty Electric Express. For purple mountain majesties from sea to shining sea. Yokosuna's funds are less than they're cracked up to be. Mr. Fuji couldn't cut it, so they got Jim Cornette. By the time Luga's done, they'll be easy to forget. Now SummerSlam is coming to the home of Bill and Beer. And many other Pistons who are really gonna cheer. When Big Fat Yokozuna, who is on a roll, I guess, gets a mega motel welcome from the mighty Lexus. Yeah!